St. Louis Soccer Weekly. Brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri and the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern. On the Big 550 KTRS. Your home for St. Louis Soccer. With hosts Mark Moser and Brendan Weesey. Folks, welcome in. It's St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550 KTRS. Brendan Weesey, soon to be joined by St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser as we dive into a full evening and quite a diversified evening when it comes to soccer in St. Louis. We're going to talk some city here from head coach Bradley Carnell in just a couple of moments as they prepare for another exhibition game out in the Coachella Valley in California. Weather a little better now after that atmospheric river from a week ago. They got to play LAFC a couple days ago. They'll get the New York Red Bulls tomorrow, and they're back home next week. They'll get Louisville in a scrimmage, and then we are off and running. It'll be time for the Champions Cup, believe it or not. But that still a little ways away. Right in front of us, the St. Louis Ambush. A little later on in the show, we're going to hear from J.T. Thomas. They've won their last two matches. It was great to hear our own Mark Moser on the call with Joey Zanaboni last week out there at the Family Arena. But they're playing better, even in their losses. They've been in the mix, and we're going to get some thoughts from from J.T. Thomas on exactly how that has come together. And uh, really about half the season still remaining for the ambush to to make up some ground and and have a, a pretty strong finish they're playing their best soccer right now coming up in our next segment adam hall is the new men's soccer coach over at maryville and i tell you what they continue to do a fabulous job in building up that athletics program over there heck maryville got to the national quarterfinals just uh, a couple of months ago and their head coach David Korn ended up taking the job up at Marquette Martin Kilcoyne's own Marquette Golden Eagles uh, uh, so in, in a, a way a jump for him shows you how uh, the, the type of job he had done at Maryville so Adam Hall comes by way of Illinois Springfield a school Mose knows very well but comes from UIS and just so happens to be the GLVC Coach of the Year. Great season up there for Illinois Springfield. So uh, it, it feels like they're not going to miss a beat. And that is a that is a job at Maryville that many wanted. And I think they found a great heir apparent to the work that David Korn did at Maryville. So looking forward to, to visiting with Coach Hall here in just a little bit. That'll be uh, coming up on the Big 550 KTRS, But let's spend some time with St. Louis City SC for a moment as uh, they continue to train today. And just exactly how this camp has gone, just getting acclimated out to California and getting the fellas a little bit closer to games that matter. Yeah, I felt a lot of rush coming back. Um, I felt a lot of rush coming back into the, the first few days, and the rhythm was slightly different to what we had last year. Um, you know, last year we had a good couple of days under our belt before we went into the first camp. Now, you know, we had to get certain um, yeah baselines, foundations ready uh, for um, you know for the league uh, processes and and protocols. Um, and obviously, with the Champions Cup participation, you know, everything just concentrated a little bit. Um, 
but I found we worked our way through Port St. Lucie fairly well. And I thought that we were uh, working our way through um, Coachella pretty well as well. You know, um, results aside, I'm looking for a lot more than just putting the ball in the back of the net. I'm looking for a defensive structure. I'm looking for, you know, in every phase of the game, whether it's the attacking transition, defending transition, um, and, and how we do it there in these moments uh, within our game models. So, yeah, it's always a work in progress, um, especially in these preseason moments, because you're trying to get everybody up to speed. Um, and, and, you know, we believe in getting all guys ready. Uh, we believe in every player on our roster. And uh, we've shown that everyone can do a job when needed. I mean, obviously, a, a process for head coach Bradley Carnell. You talked, uh, mentioning some of the rust maybe the team was dealing with and kicked that rust off. And they've done it pretty quickly as they've uh, looked very good in all of their preseason matches so far. So what exactly then do you do with the minutes tomorrow against the Red Bulls? Yeah, much, because obviously we're trying to push minutes equally um, to try and get up to a certain level. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow is the next opportunity for, you know, guys to accumulate 60, guys to accumulate uh, the rest of it. Um, you know, there is a bit of chatter that we might push Louisville um, game next week Thursday in, in a different format. So we might just push extra um, on that fixture there to get uh, two groups equally uh, up speed going into the uh, Houston game. So, yeah, just trying to get some final preparation. To match I think this is where I, I really find the, the most interest in tomorrow's match from a from a viewing perspective. If that opening 45 looks maybe close to what we imagine the first starting 11 will be, for St. Louis City SC, and the fact that it's not just the starting eleven because of we mentioned the fast and furious start to the season with Champions Cup and the regular season, you're going to need your full complement of depth to contribute really quick and right out of the box for this club. And last year, I, I think the depth, especially early on, played very much in the favor of City. Now, you can argue later where that depth was and how they played the, the last month, month and a half, and, and into the MLS Cup playoffs. But early on, the depth really played up. Obviously, you want that depth to be uh, in an even better place this year, and we'll get a look at that uh, tomorrow. But just overall, there are some new guys trying to get their feet wet and that'll be part of that expanded depth, uh, like like Nicholas Deer, like Thomas Totland, and head coach Bradley Carnell explains uh, where they may be at right now. Good. I mean, uh, it's been a lot of information overload for Nicholas um, in a few you know days. He he had a long time out. I would say like a month and a half. So yeah, quite a couple of days without any activity. So obviously the legs are heavy and. You know, the sharpness uh, isn't as where he would like it to be, but um, he was just fine, you know, playing, you know, a couple of minutes the other day. And, you know, we'll try and progress him through over the next uh, two fixtures here, you know, the one against the Red Bulls and then the one next week against uh, Louisville. And let's see where we're at. So, you know, can't uh, can't forecast any speculation right now as to game readiness or, or you know, real game readiness. Their preparation and really the preparation for everybody on this club continues to be instrumental and and what these preseason games are are able to give you and and able to give you a a bit of a glimpse in in terms of 
where they're at preparation-wise. Yeah, I think it's been very productive. I think we've been getting everyone up to a certain level and uh, you know pushing all the messages every single day. Um, what we're trying to do as a group, what we're trying to do individually. Um, yes, I think... Uh, Things are trending in the right way, um, you know, with just the focus on Champions Cup in mind and, and the, you know, what comes after that. So, you know, uh, prognosis is not to be ready tomorrow. Prognosis is to be ready in a couple of weeks' time. I think to sort of tie this all together and, and, and give us that, that little peek into what this club is doing walking up to the start of the season, I, I think for me, and in talking about the depth – and bringing it all back around and, and and how this team has performed in the preseason so far, I, I think it's, at this point, you're right back to where you were last year. And I think to a large degree, now they don't much care about this. The players themselves, the, the coaches, the the organization, the club, they're, they're not interested in the outside noise. But they used that outside noise, I think, to their advantage last year. Put a chip on their shoulder. We talked to Bradley Carnell about that last week. That chip that can uh, you know, really motivate a group to prove the naysayers wrong. I wonder if those naysayers aren't going to be back out again. And, and I think there are a lot of questions. Can this team duplicate what it did last year? But to me, that's not as important. And that's why... For, I, I I can't look at any of these matches and and say oh, that they're that, that's that's a great sign that's a springboard to bigger and better things and I'm not even sure if early in the regular season in these Champions Cup matches that it's going to tell us much I am interested in seeing the make a run though in Champions Cup because they they walked right up to the edge of being able to win something tangible last year. Great regular season, but an early exit in the playoffs. A lot of hype entering League's Cup, but an early exit there. Now the next step is, and and this is where Lutz, this is where Bradley, I think this is where they all stand, is what can we take home? What can we win? Something tangible. And I think it starts with with the Champions Cup. And it, it will be a months-long journey to get there deep into spring before it would conclude. But I think a great start would be knocking off Houston first and then riding the wave of what could be some positive momentum. And I'd be more curious to a fast start in the Champions Cup than I would in the MLS regular season. They did that last year, and look where it got them, an early exit. Let's see how they do in the Champions Cup. I think I'll be most interested there. I might be I might be alone in that. But that's going to be my priority to start the season watching this city club. We're going to take a break here. Mark Moser is going to join me after the commercial break, and we get an update on the brand-new coach over at Maryville, Coach Adam Hall. He's with us next. It's St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550. <laughs> St. Louis Soccer Weekly Returns. Brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri and the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern on the Big 550 KTRS. Vernon Weesey, St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser with me and a a chance to welcome to the show and welcome to St. Louis, the new men's soccer coach at Maryville. He comes from Illinois Springfield. Adam Hall 
is uh, with us on the Big 550. Coach, congratulations. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. It, it's, a, it's a pleasure, Coach. And, wow, what uh, what a journey for you, right? Uh, coming from Illinois Springfield where you've built up a tremendous program coming off a year where you were Coach of the Year in the GLVC where did the process, where did the journey begin for you to take this uh, open position at Maryville? Yeah, um, I've, I mean, I've been in the GLBC for, I think, 10 years now. Uh, originally, was at a, a school called St. Joseph's College that, unfortunately, doesn't exist now. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been part of the, the conference, just learning about the, the competition over the years and um Loving it. The challenge in this conference is it's it's tough. Every week we, we get beat up, you know. Um, some great programs out in Kansas City, the Rockhurst and um, Quincy have been a powerhouse over the years. You've got Lewis in Chicago, um, Maryville, McKendree, UHS, Indy. You know, you, every year there's six or seven teams that, that could potentially win it. Um, you know, and I, I've, uh, I've started... Um, before that, I was at, uh, you know, I was at Indiana. I was at an uh, Ancilla College. It was a small Juco. Uh, before that, I played in the IA back in Tennessee. Um, I've had a journey out in Delaware where I coached as well. It's kind of been all over the map, to be honest. Too many places to mention. Well, Coach, first off, congratulations. Uh, it's exciting to have you coming down here to St. Louis. Um, I got to see firsthand a little bit of your work this year when I was up at a UIS game. We got to chat a little bit afterwards. Kind of talk us through your coaching philosophy. And, you know, you came up to UIS and took over that program. Uh, it was struggling and have slowly built it. What, what are the key things for you that you, you're, as a coach, that you like to put your stamp on a team? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, you know, one of the main things I try to focus on is um, just the, the fun factor at training. Um, I like the guys to feel at home and enjoy coming to practice every day and, and really just being honest about working hard um, and just soaking up all the information we want to give them. We want to play a, a, a brand of soccer that's fun to play. So it's, it's got high energy. We try to score goals. Um, we like to press um, teams quite high and, and try and stop them, you know, having any sort of comfortableness on the ball. Um, but the, the big thing is the, the culture on the team, you know, bringing in the right guys that will, you know, work hard and embrace, um, you know, just them sort of styles that we want to implement in the, in the program. It, it takes time, you know, and it took me probably the first three years at UIS to sort of change that. But, um, you know, as you can see, you know, once you once you kind of get dialed in with, with the recruits and you've got guys that know what it's about and know your expectations, um, it's much easier to keep that train moving, you know. Um, and we've seen that over the last, you know, four or five years at UIS. Well, for the folks that don't know, uh, Coach Hall finished up last year the Great Lakes Conference Coach of the Year. The UIS team was 13-1-7 and overall record, regular season champs. Uh, and and get into the NCAA tournament. You're making the move down here to Maryville. What what was the attractiveness for you of making that move to Maryville, and what does Maryville represent to you? 
Yeah, so Maryville's been one of them teams that we've just been battling with for, you know, since the day I got into the GLBC, actually, even with St. Joe. Um, but it's always been one of them places that I've looked at and thought, I'd love to be there. I love St. Louis, uh, just the soccer that's in your back doorstep. You know, you've got some really good clubs there. Abilities at Maryville are phenomenal. Um, I mean, you could argue that, that, you know, they're like D1 facilities, right? Um, and uh, they're, they're, they support soccer. Uh, they fund the program really well um, to, to win. So the scholarship model is really good. Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely a, a step up um, for, for me coming from UIS. And, and as a coach, how, how important is it for you as a coach to really have the, the full support and the backing of the school, the athletic department. And I mean, I know in some schools maybe the different sports get different preferences, but with Maryville, I mean, they have made a commitment to all of their athletics to really strive to become the best. Is that an important factor for you in your decision? 100%. I mean, 100%. It's, we all know that, you know, unfortunately, we're still always growing our sport here, right? And, um, you know, we're up against it sometimes because you, you, you sometimes find yourself in athletic departments where maybe some of the administrators have never really understood the game of soccer. Um, and so there's not really as much um, of emphasis or an appreciation um, or they don't want to put the resources into that area. And so, um, Maryville, though, obviously, you know, like you said about all their sports, they they want to be on the map in all their sports, winning at the highest levels. And so, uh, it makes a huge difference for a coach because you, you know, you want to be in that environment, right? You want to be where you're, the, you know, the most supportive you can be, so that you can try and do do things that that create history, right? Winning things, setting records, you know, um, creating memories that just will, will last you a lifetime. So, yeah. We're, we're visiting with the new men's soccer coach in Maryville, Adam Hall. And, Coach, you're, you're in, a, in a position where I would say coaches that step into a, to a new position, they, I, I would say it doesn't happen that often where you get to step into a spot where the, uh, the program is coming off a, a national quarterfinal appearance. What, what did you admire from afar – about this Maryville team that uh, that 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 David Korn has built, uh, that uh, again you had a chance to see and and play quite a bit uh, at UIS in the GLVC. What about it in particular stood out to you? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think David's done a great job with the program because they they didn't cut corners. You know, he always um, he always had them play in a, a certain way. You could. You could tell that they were well drilled, and they played good soccer. You know, they're a fun team to play against. They, 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 um, they try to attack. They try to score goals, and they they were always just a fun team to play against. And I, I, I like that kind of brand of soccer. I, I think that um, you know it's easy to park the bus and and be boring and just try and win a, a set piece or a corner kick and, and score score off that way, but. If you can try and play and get in people's faces and, and win the ball higher up the field, um, I think you, you know it's, it's just a much more fun way to play. There's more goals, the game's more entertaining, and so um, you know over the years watching Maryville, David had his teams playing that way. I think they, a lot of the years they played a four-three-three, 
shape and you know they just opened you up and, and tried to use all the space on the field and get on the ball and be exciting and so um, you know it's, it's always been a team that I've looked at and thought like yeah, I respect them you know uh, they, they try and play good, good good soccer what what are the challenges that that you view coach now stepping in to this position and uh, having the success that you bring having the success the success that's already at Maryville, how do you then look to to build upon it uh, in in yeah. your f- philosophies as a coach? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I do think that you know it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't know the exact stats on this, but I think my record against Maryville over the eight years, I think we won seven out of the eight years we played them. So hopefully we can flip that coin right and start beating <laughs> UIS and add one more win on the record. Um, um, but. Yeah, like I, I don't want to change things too much because there's obviously been a, a pretty good product there. My biggest thing coming in is going to have a look and evaluate and see, okay, which kind of gaps or holes do we have? Are there reasons we couldn't win a national championship or a regional championship last year? And try, try and identify them, little gaps where we can add a little bit more quality in them spaces and, and see if we can just push on. Um, I'm hoping to not have to, you know, start with a brand new team. You know, I I, I think most of the guys are are, are coming back. We've um, we've probably graduated a few. Um, we lost one or two to Marquette with with David Corn, but um, there's still a, a kind of nucleus of that group, right? And so um, I can just come in and, and add the the details where we need it, and and hopefully push on and just you know try and break new records and go to new heights that that we've not reached yet because. There's still plenty to accomplish, at, in my opinion, at, at Maryville. We've not won a national championship. We've not won the regional championship yet. Um, you know, back-to-back champion, you know, uh, GFC champions. There's, there's lots of things that we can try, try and accomplish. Coach, have you had a chance to talk to any of the players from Maryville yet? Yeah, just briefly, though. Um, I don't officially move and start there until March 1. Um, so, uh, you know, this announcement is obviously very fresh, uh, but I've received some texts from some of the guys um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to try and set up like a, a meeting next week where I can come down and meet them all in person and and, uh, and get into a bit more detail with them. But, yeah, I think we've got a spring game on I think March 1, Friday, March 1. They're playing uh, one of the local Jukos. Okay. So, yeah, we've still got some... You know some details to try and get to, but yeah, I've, I've had little texts and, and just congratulations, and guys have sent some nice messages saying they're looking forward to to playing for me and you know hoping to win some things. So yeah, it's been good. Well, I know, and I know you've had some conversations with some of the UIS alum that I know of uh, that are looking forward to seeing you down here and coming out and supporting you at Maryville. How about family wise, uh, married kids? Yeah, so I um, I'm married to Ashley, and uh, we have three kids. We have uh, a nine-year-old girl, Sophie, and uh, two boys. I've got um, Calder and Logan. They're seven and five. So um, yeah, we've got quite a big family or, or a clan uh, that we're going to bring down there um, eventually. My wife's going to finish a job. The kids are going to finish their school uh, this spring, and then we'll hopefully move to St. Louis more permanently in the summer months. Um, you know, once we kind of have more time to look for a house and, and all that, so yeah. So are the are the kids excited for the move? Oh yeah, yeah, they're excited. Uh, my daughter was, you know, uh, 
kind of got to grind out. We're actually having a meeting with her tomorrow because she doesn't. We didn't really tell her in full detail yet because uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the boys are excited. We we kind of spoke to them last night because they were here on their own without her. So yeah, they they seemed excited, but yeah, they're, they're too young to really realize what's going on. Well, Coach Adam Hall, the newest, the tenth men's head coach for Maryville University. Uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, and congratulations and, and look forward to chatting with you again maybe uh, in the middle of the summer as you're starting to build up to the season. Yeah, look forward to it, guys. Looking forward to it. hopefully seeing you guys in person again sometime soon. Coach, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll uh, look forward to uh, following along. That Maryville program, they are humming right along at this point. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some St. Louis ambush soccer on the other side of this break here on the Big 550. St. Louis Soccer Weekly Returns. Brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri and the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern on the Big 550. KTRS. St. Louis Soccer Weekly continues on the Big 550. Brendan Weesey, Mark Moser, we're pleased to welcome from the St. Louis Ambush, J.T. Thomas, on the heels of a great weekend. For the St. Louis Ambush, winners of uh, two in a row, they take down the Harrisburg Heat, emphatically 10-3, to and uh, then beat the Kansas City Comets in overtime, 6-5. to JT, it's great to visit again, sir. How are you? Doing great. Feeling good after the, uh, after the weekend. Yeah, what, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week. I, I get a sense... Since you guys beat Baltimore 8-3, to the close loss to the Empire Strikers, the San Diego game is kind of like the only outlier here because other than that, since late January, you guys have been playing pretty good ball, right? Yeah, we've been close. We've been improving as the season's gone on. Recently, we've added a couple of pieces that I feel like we've been missing, and it's really taken our level up, up, uh, up a notch. JT, you talked about some of those additions, like with Rafa coming in, uh, last weekend, how, how does how do you see him fitting in, and, and what 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 is the thing that was missing with the team? I think with Rafa, it's just experience and the high quality he brings. He's a, a player that's been around for a while. He knows his stuff, and he's technically on the higher end for the team. So it's just raising the level in practice and in the game. So it's great for us. And, and last weekend, you know, Harrisburg comes in here. They've been limping along this season. Um, you guys pretty much took it to them and, and really never let off the gas. And then then on Sunday against Kansas City, you guys fall behind. Talk us through a little bit, maybe like what was halftime like, what was said, um, because it, it you were down 4-1, to one, but it wasn't a game that you should have been down 4-1. to one. Yeah, halftime was, it was good. Everyone was pretty positive about the way the first half went. Obviously, we gave up a couple of goals that, we didn't want to, but we'd also missed the good chances. So um, we knew the chances were there for us to take, and we just had to finish them. Obviously, Neto and Goal is a great goalkeeper, and they got some high-quality players on the other end too. So we knew it was going to be a tough game, but we just had to keep plugging away. And then you guys battle back, tie the game, uh, and then get to overtime. Talk a little bit about your role on the power play and, and, and how you like to play and, and kind of walk us through the, the game-winning goal. Yeah, my role, um, I try and just cause mayhem in the middle as much as I can and let the guys move the ball around the outside and try and find the, uh, find the gaps as, as I can. Um, 
I played with Lucas Almeida for a number of years now, so I kind of know where he's going to be and where he wants to move the ball pretty well at this point. So we had an idea of what we wanted to do going into that overtime, and we managed to execute it pretty perfectly. So we were we were happy about that. And you you talked about the the connection that you and Lucas have had on that play. Is it something where the ball's out top, out up top, and it gets played down low to Lucas? Is it something that you immediately start positioning yourself because you know Lucas is the kind of player that's going to try and get a ball right into your foot? Yeah, I uh, I knew that ball was coming in straight away. Lucas is a guy who's good at finding those those key passes and splitting the defense open. So whenever the, t- the ball's going his direction, I tend to be more on my toes and than other times, but on that particular one, that's something that we've talked about and we've worked on, so I was happy about it. You've been with the ambush seven years. Uh, last year you fought through an injury. How, how has this been for you this season so far, and, and what, what, can, what can you do better uh, on a weekly basis to help this team? It's been a tough season so far for me personally, Um Coming back from that injury, I've been trying to get physically back to where I was previously, and it's been a tough battle with either fitness and then with the Achilles, it's a lot of that explosive and agility movements, which are key for indoor. So I've uh, been trying to work on that as much as I can. I feel like I'm getting closer to to that level, and the goals are starting to come now. So we're getting in the right direction. JT Thomas from your St. Louis Ambush with us at St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550. JT, do you think the overall team struggles at the start of the season? Do you feel Can you feel that building character within this team over the last few weeks? Again, as the tide has tar- started to turn, can you look back at the struggles and see where maybe you can find some value there? Yeah, there's definitely uh, you definitely learn more about guys when things aren't going well than when they are, so... We've seen guys dig in and fight for each other, and it's been uh, it's been great for, uh, on that standpoint. Obviously, we don't want to be in that position in the first place, right. we can, but it's uh, it's nice to see the guys battle for each other every, every day. Can you can you see the process as it's happening? Do you get a sense? Okay, we can feel the the tide starting to turn. Do you get a sense of that in real time as you guys are digging yourself out of that hole? I think so. I think um, it's been. The season as a whole has been very close to being good. Right, it's not. Some of the results have not gone our way, but it's always been pretty close. It's been, if you look towards the start of the season, two one to Milwaukee, and we've had some other close games um, that could have gone our way. We have three overtime losses. If you change those into three overtime wins, then the season all of a sudden looks a lot better than uh, than it does right now. But it's been uh, it's been good seeing the guys stick together, and we've got some high quality players too. So I'm always excited to get out there with the guys. You guys are back home this Saturday night, 6.05 at the Family Arena. It's alumni night. Uh, a lot of uh, my old teammates and, and a lot of players, uh, former players, are coming out. You guys play Tacoma, a team that you don't see very often. How, how, how difficult is that when you're taking on a team that you really don't – you can't get a good read on because the only time you're really seeing them is – watching them in game tapes yeah it's uh it's tough figuring it out obviously we watch a lot of videos on the on the other teams but it's also very different seeing that in real life and in person so it's gonna i imagine it'll be a close first quarter as we both try and figure out what each other are doing and then 
as the game goes on, we'll try and get into a rhythm. Let me ask you this. On the other side of that, your guys, after the Tacoma game, you have three games against Milwaukee Wave, two against Kansas City, and two against Utica, a team that you see on a regular basis. What's the positives and the negatives to, to seeing some of these teams as many times as you have been? Yeah, you get, a, uh, you get a very good feel for what the teams are all about. These guys have some good systems going. Um, it's always just a battle every time we go out there. Um, it's just most of those games are games where you just have to dig in and try and grind out as best as you can. Um, every every single time we play with KC, Milwaukee, those teams, it's always, uh, it's always a good battle. Well, in, in Milwaukee, having a good year, they're nine, nine wins, four losses, two overtime losses. The one team that you guys always seem to match up and, and play close is the Kansas City Comets, who have been struggling lately. You guys have them again at home and also on the road, sitting nine points behind them. Are you guys comfortable that, that you guys can, can make a run here and, and bypass Baltimore and jump past Kansas City? I think so. You look at you look at the way the season goes, indoors a crazy game. Kind of say started out great and then they've lost this last seven games. So anything can happen in this league and uh we're just trying to take it one game at a time, try and focus on Tacoma next and then keep building from that. And I know you guys a few games back made some changes. Um James Togba getting farther up the field, um and, and made some changes. How how have those changes benefited you? Is it been able to the point where you guys, once you get the ball in the offense in, to be able to keep it there a little longer with that? Yeah, I think it's been good for us. We've been trying to use those explosive players as much as we can, those high-level players, Togba's, FK's, uh, Marcel's. Those guys are good at 1v1s and can take guys on and really kind of change the pace of the game. So it's been exciting to see those guys get further forward and see what they do. JT, always a pleasure to chat with you, and it's fun to, to watch you play. Um, you guys are back at it this Saturday against the Tacoma Stars, 605 at the Family Arena. There's tickets. You can go to stlambush.com. We wish you the best of luck, and uh, keep that scoring touch up. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing that alumni game, too. Awesome stuff from JT. Moe, this team's playing a little better. You were on the call with uh, with Joey Zanaboni last week of the of which of the Friday week, the Harrisburg right? game. Yeah, yeah, got an opportunity to to work with Joey in the booth and uh, do a little color commentary. And it was, uh, you know, it was it was it was fun to see them the team finally come out really going at it. They caught a, a struggling Harrisburg team. Um, and, and played really well, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun to be up there with him, call the game. Uh, I'm not quite up on my Star Wars references. Um, Star Wars it night, was right? Star Wars night at the ambush, uh, and it's just you can tell the team is they have they they're a team that probably in a lot of cases team could have given up because they they've had their struggles, but. This team just kind of keeps battling back, and they've made some moves, brought in some players that are helping this team, um, and hopefully they can come out this weekend, Saturday night, uh, 6.05 alumni night. A lot of uh, former Steamers and Storm and Ambush players will be out there at 5 o'clock signing some autographs, and uh, some of the some of the younger fellows will run around at halftime and play a game at halftime. So, 
I count five one-goal losses for the ambush this year, Mose, and you're right. They're they're probably really close to just saying, "Golly, this this is not going to happen this year." But they're really make and JT talked about it. I mean, really make the case that this team might have two or three wins that they should have had on the ledger already, and now you start to see it pay off a little bit in actual wins and. Again, we'll we'll see. There's still uh, there's still plenty of season to go to to completely right this ship. But uh, w- with all of the early struggles, they were probably a little better than when we looked up at uh, whatever date that was in in mid January when they had one win compared to what nine or ten losses. They've uh, uh, they've turned it around enough to where they're going to be a problem for other teams and and maybe find a, a way to really uh, redeem this season. Yeah, I mean, because if you take away those three, let's say we take away three of those losses and put them in the win column, that's nine points. Yeah. That sets them right now tied for Kansas City, who's got 23 points. But one of those games was against Kansas City, so they would lose points. So they would actually be sitting in fourth place with, with only three of those falling as victories. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, they they have a tough schedule coming up here. They finished the season with three games on the road uh, against Dallas, which should be a victory for them, a team that's struggling on the Western Conference. and But Utica City, who's only lost twice so far, that's, they go up there and play them the second and third, or third to the final game. And But they, they, got, they got a chance that if everything comes together and clicks between the Kansas City and the Milwaukee games, if they can steal some of those, they got a chance to squeak in. Alumni game tomorrow night. It's it's so cool to see the uh, the traditions and the memories of, of of the indoor game that you're such a, a big part of. People just do not forget, and it's it's great when you guys come back together and get to get to kind of reignite those memories once again. Yeah, it's something that uh, you know some of the guy, few of the guys you see you know on a regular basis, but there's a lot of guys that you you don't run into on a regular basis, and it's always fun uh, to get everybody back together and, and kind of reminisce and catch up and find out uh, who had a knee replacement, you know who's got grandkids <laughs> now, uh, and just do that, and then you know for the guys that are able to still get out there and run around. To go out at halftime and uh, kick it around a little bit, it, it's it's an absolute blast. And I know that the fans love it because yeah, no we, we, we see it every year. Um, the people that come up and whether it's a, a picture from 25 years ago or it's a ball from back in the early steamers days, the memorabilia that they it, – it's great for us just to see some of the memorabilia that some of these people bring out that – you either haven't seen or haven't seen in a long time, so it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's a it's a a great thing that the ambush does, recognizing uh, how this all built to where it is now. Tomorrow night against Tacoma, the alumni game ambush, looking for three wins in a row. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some picks to click to uh, tie a bow around this edition of Soccer Weekly on the Big Five Fifty. St. Louis Soccer Weekly Returns. Brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri and the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern on the Big 550 KTRS. We're tying a bow around this uh, 
St. Louis Soccer Weekly and the Big 550. Great stuff from Maryville and from the St. Louis Ambush tonight. Moe's excited uh, to see how action at the uh, alumni game goes tomorrow. But it's time to make some picks to click for the weekend. Yeah, we're getting we're getting right back into it. There's a lot going on. And uh, this week, I will start us off Saturday morning, ESPN Plus, 11.30 a.m., Real Madrid versus Girona. As Girona continues its dramatic run, and this should be an interesting matchup with Real Madrid and Girona, 11.30 on Saturday. Then our next pick, a little closer to home, Saturday, 4 o'clock, St. Louis City SC versus the New York Red Bulls. That game's being played out in Coachella, in California, and you'll be able to watch that game either through the St. Louis City app, which if you haven't downloaded it, download the City app. You can watch it there. You also could go to YouTube and search it and find it on YouTube and put it right there on your big screen TV. Uh, If you have an iPhone, I know last night I watched City play and pulled it up on my phone on the app and... Hit a button, and it went right to the TV through Apple AirPlay. And I've been really impressed with the production quality of the game of the uh, of the Academy Championship, uh, UPSL, last Saturday night. And the games that are being broadcast uh, essentially at, at a random field there in Coachella. Not exactly a, a you know, huge capacity, and you wonder about the broadcast capabilities, but they've done a very nice job. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's been good to... You know, these are games that normally you would not get to see preseason totally. yep. matchups like this, especially like you said when they're being played at a, what looks like a city park. Um, but the, yeah, the quality's been great, and it was uh, great to see them get a victory there. And hopefully, they get another one on Saturday night, four o'clock. Then Sunday, one forty-five on Paramount Plus, AC Milan versus Napoli. Another good matchup there. And those are my clicks to pick for this week. Busy weekend for sure. And we start to learn a little bit more, Moe's, about just the shape of the St. Louis City team. And some of the younger guys have really started to make an impact already. And now if you're Bradley Carnell and and trying to come up with what this roster looks like when you open up the Champions Cup here for real, I think he's... Again, how good is that depth? We'll have to wait and see. And preseason, I don't want to put too much stock into these games, but if uh, in terms of how things have gone so far in the preseason for City, I don't think they could have gone any better. Yeah, and I mean, I do think that this Saturday's game against the Red Bulls will kind of could is a good chance this could be our first real glimpse is what we might see right. on that first game. It's going to open up uh, a lot of eyes for us. We'll have a reaction for you next week and, of course, Sunday with our soccer ramp-up, Soccer in the Lou, next Tuesday, St. Louis Soccer Weekly here on Friday night. We're getting closer to expanding the show back to two hours. And I should say, don't forget for uh, your chance to hear the the fellas with uh, Flyover Footy tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, walking you up to the Mizzou basketball game here on the Big 550. Mose, we'll see you next week. We'll be here. It's Mark Moser. I'm Brendan Weesey. Our Mizzou Game Plan Show is coming up for you next here on the Big 550.